So how can you take something that you are super passionate about, you go into as a career and turn that actually into a business and more than a business, a lifelong mission to disrupt an industry. And while you're doing it, you look at how you can take it beyond just your personal interest and passion in it to serve communities around the world in a much bigger way. If that sounds of interest to you and you're a parent who wants to learn a little bit more about how to learn with less with your kids, this is definitely the episode for you. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. So my very special guest today is Ayelet Marimonovic, and she is a pediatric speech language pathologist, a parent educator, a singer, and an imperfect mother based in the San Francisco Bay Area. She's also the founder and host of Learn With Less, where she provides families with the confidence to raise a great human from day one without having to buy a single toy. She is the creator of the Learn With Less Infant and Toddler Curriculum, the basis for which is outlined in her best-selling books, Understanding Your Baby and Understanding Your Toddler. She has served thousands of families through online and in-person programs with the Learn to Less curriculum, and she's trained a number of highly trained licensed facilitators to serve countless more families all over the world, which we dived into a lot in this podcast, just how she grew that business. Her current passions include spending time with her family, dismantling the baby industry, as you do, and creating communities of support for families of young children with infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. In this episode, we really do dive back into how she went from taking a university degree in language and Russian studies and growing up with theatre to actually coming into this whole new industry and developing an entire business around educating parents to help their children learn with less. We also talk about how she's gone rogue, taking on the baby industry. We talk about how to feel confident that you're doing enough and doing it right as a parent. And we also talk about all the different paths to monetizing herself that she took. So there's a lot to take away in here. And I just think it's a fantastic conversation and I hope you enjoy it. Let's dive in. Super thrilled to have Ayelet to the Untapped podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Natalie. It's great to be here. I am so thrilled to dive into this conversation, but first of all, I would love for you to share with the listeners how you tap into your potential and get paid to be you. Yes. Well, I am by trade, I'm a pediatric speech language pathologist. And as a person, (laughs) I am also a mother, a like theater person, a parent educator, a narrative builder, a person who just like loves being in community with others and fostering and creating and building community. And so when I became a mom, after having worked as a speech language pathologist and a parent educator for years and years before motherhood, I 
suddenly realized all of those things that one realizes when, when they become a parent that, oh, wow, I don't know much. Like I know way less that I was a perfect parent until I became a parent. And that's a reality that I think everyone goes through to a certain extent, at least for me. I don't know if everyone has that feeling, but I certainly, you know, having had the experience of working with so many parents mm. over the years and working with families with infants and toddlers in a like language building capacity, I knew certain things about infant and toddler development. And I also, as a new parent, was struggling with all of the things that new parents and caregivers often do, all of the overwhelm and the confidence and the lack of sleep and all of the things and anxiety about this or that, or just perinatal mental health. And I did what I wanted and needed most. And actually my partner and I had flew across the pond and moved to London from California when I was about eight, 10 weeks pregnant, somewhere in there. Oh, wow! And so I spent the bulk of my first pregnancy in the UK and trying to get a sense of all of the systems and all of the things that, you know, of impending parenthood and what that would look like and birth and all of that in the UK as an American trying to figure it all out. And what I wanted most was a support system. So that was what I built. Mm. <laughs> so I created, basically, I wanted to have all of other new parents and caregivers around me. And I basically just bribed people to come over and play with me and their babies. <laughs> and everybody wanted to be in community with other new parents. So I was able to make some amazing friendships through that and continued along my sort of journey and just kept offering this space of caregiver and me style classes that I was building the curriculum around based on my own knowledge as a provider and based on early development and based on all what I knew about play and early learning and connecting with a tiny human. And I kept hearing from other fellow new parents about, well, what is your baby playing with? Or what do you have? And what's the gadget? And what are the things that I should be buying or that I've gotten? And, and I was very much inspired to share like, hey, it's great. Like what you have, that's fantastic and enjoy. And that's great that you have like spent the money on this lovely toy or toy subscription box or whatever it is. And also you can do the same thing with the empty tissue box. And here's how, and here's why that's exactly the same thing. Mm. <laughs> and so kind of over time, just unearthing those, like what are the things that our little ones are learning about at any given stage within those first three years? And what are the very simple, basic things that we can do to support both learning as well as the connection between caregiver and child? So the way I get paid now... <laughs> Long story short. Well, rounded back to that. I love it. Yes. <laughs> it is sometimes incredible to me that we can get back there. Yeah. It's the fine art of comedians, I've noticed as well, yeah. is they can go off on this huge tangent and they come back to what they're talking about. Yeah. I'm like, wow, even if it's half an hour later, it's amazing skill. Well, I'm very happy that I got back. But yes. <laughs> well, no, wait. Can I talk about no, just but basically what I have built over the years is a brand called Learn With Less and 
I both have products and services for parents and caregivers, as well as other educators and therapists like myself. Mm. But essentially what we do at Learn With Less is that we help new parents feel confident that they can support and connect with their tiny humans without having to buy a single toy. So I have two best-selling books called Understanding Your Baby and Understanding Your Toddler, and they are week-by-week development and activity guides for playing with your tiny human from birth to three years. I have a music album and I run these caregiver and me style classes that have a whole built out evidence-based curriculum that's high quality and always led by someone who has a background, be it professional or educational in a field adjacent to early child development. So I run a licensing and certification program for other educators and therapists and help them also supplement their income so that they can serve families more holistically in their own communities and diversify their own income streams and really promote the connection between play and learning and really serve families how they want to be served. And then also, of course, continue to build out that brand myself for parents and caregivers. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. So much to unpack there. And thank you for such a great intro. So many questions that I want to ask as well. But what I find fascinating is you've taken every single piece of you and turn that into the business that it is. And as you said, being in community and disrupting the education sort of industry around children, which I love, we can come to, but it all started out really with just, just your desire for being a real connector. It sounds like that is probably one of your superpowers and strengths. And I love how you've built your entire business around that. I'm sure the books connect and resonate widely. Um, that's why they're bestsellers, which is super exciting. And then second, you, these beautiful, you know, which used to be in-person workshops, and I'm sure now partly also online thanks right. to COVID. And then, yeah. you know, certifying these people who want to do that for themselves. So you've kind of created that ripple effect of community yeah. and caregivers, which is really neat. And why I wanted to bring that up for people listening is just taking your strengths and taking the things that come naturally to you and expanding on them and monetizing them is the whole point of what we're discussing here. And I'd be curious to know, like, which of those things is your favorite of all those things you've mentioned, or is it kind of just been quite a beautiful organic journey of how they've come about? That is a really good question. And it is definitely twofold. I mean, I think what's really interesting is that it's always been very much a parallel process. Like, the way that I created the curriculum itself was very much out of the questions that I and my friends were asking and the challenges that we all were facing and the things that we were all talking about. I also lead my training and certification program. Like Mm -hmm. it's totally a parallel process of like introducing a concept, whether it's a developmental concept for those parents or a concept about what my licensees will have to be learning, giving them a practical application opportunity to review that concept, whether it's, again, in a class for the parents or in community through our training program or in our like coaching calls, and then having that opportunity to reflect and observe and figure out like what to do next and how to generalize that information and move forward. I still lead classes every once in a while. Primarily my job at this point is to pass that along (laughs) to other facilitators, but I do still love to do it partly because I also am still a practicing speech language pathologist. I think the connection to that end client end user is so important and keeps 
me in it and, mm, keeps and your keeps on the my pulse, own clinical it? perspective. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. From a business perspective that also keeps my marketing fresh mm. and the perspective and how people are talking about things alive and well. So yeah, I love leading classes. Obviously playing with babies is like really fun. And I've always loved playing and helping and working with and serving parents especially new parents and showing them these very, very simple tools and giving them these new tools and strategies, not to add to their existing day to day. Like here are the three things that you need to add to your routine, because like, let's be honest, new parents are not going to add anything. Like (laughs) you're freaking exhausted. Like, no, like you can barely brush your hair or finish a sentence. But what I love to do is to help families really see in sort of a new way, see what they already have, see with new eyes, all of the opportunities that are right in front of them with these like very mundane everyday objects and within their everyday routines. And anybody who like knows what they're talking about or whatever, who understands about education and early childhood development knows that the salad spinner is an incredible developmental tool. And so are, is an empty egg carton. And so is an empty tissue box. I mean, the idea that we need to like go out and buy tools and toys for our tiny humans. Like, of course, it's lovely to have like beautiful toys and materials. Yes. But it also, number one, creates like a totally ridiculous access gap that is not (laughs) congruent with accessibility, equity, inclusivity, and all of those very important things. Mm -hmm. And also it's just, it's an industry. The baby industry is a huge marketing game. And I'm I'm here to tell you that the emperor has no toys, right? Like it's, (laughs) Oh, I love it. No clothes and no toys. Yeah, It's interesting (laughs) because in our final antenatal class or throughout it, the teacher was great. She did say, you are a marketer lover's dream. Like first time parents, marketer lover's dream because you will buy everything up because you think you need it. I think my partner and I, Josh, have been really, really purposeful about this and actually with our friends just saying, hey, we'd actually just love your best tips for the things that you wish you'd known or didn't know. We actually have actively asked for advice because people aren't giving it to it, which is actually quite lovely because I know you can have the flip side, but also just their (laughs) hand-me-downs or anything, you know, and people are so generous and want to give that we haven't really bought much at all, which is amazing. And it's just, I'm a huge fan of play and making play with the things around you, especially out in nature and what's right yeah. in front of you. And it almost forces you as an adult to come back to being a kid, doesn't it? To see the excitement yeah. in the tissue box, as you said, yes. or, oh, look at this egg carton. What can we do with it? So that's I mean, really toys, cool. Toys are for the parents, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. very true. We, like everyone's seen those memes of like, the baby holding the plastic water bottle and like preferring that over the fancy toy or holding the remote control over the whatever toy. Yeah. It's these everyday objects that we are already using and engaging with. And there's plenty of language and there's plenty of fine motor skills and there's plenty of cognitive skills. And of course, lots of social, emotional and interaction that we can infuse into those everyday items and everyday experiences. So yeah. I do want to take a step back because I'd love to come to more of those tips, especially for the mums listening and for yeah, mums sure. to be like me. But um, I'm curious about what led you into the path of being a, I'm going to get this wrong, so pediatric speech therapist, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Well the, done, the longest yeah. title in the world. 
<laughs> yeah, like what made you choose that before you were even a parent? Was it just mm-hmm. something that fascinated you? I'm just really curious. Yeah, it's a very interesting sort of roundabout way. I mean, as an undergrad, I was a theater and Russian literature major, right? Hmm. <laughs> very practical <laughs> tools. But that did really actually lead me into after I graduated from college, I worked, I moved to New York in my early 20s and I was holding down, you know, tens of thousands of jobs at a time, it felt like. And I eventually was thinking like, you know, I would love to find a field in which I could really, I wanted it to be sort of a health and human services education, something. I knew I wanted to work with people. I knew I was curious and interested in learning more about child development. I knew like a helping profession would be something that I was curious about. So I was looking into things like social work and early childhood education. I hadn't really felt totally called to any of those things. And then a friend of mine said, well, with your like interest in your theater background and your interest in this and that you should look into language therapy. And I was like, Oh, that actually sounds like it fits the bill on so many levels. And it totally, the more I started looking into what that field is and could be, the more I loved it because you can reinvent yourself every however many years you want to. You can work with multiple different kinds of populations. You can work in private practice. You can work in a hospital, in a clinical setting, in an educational setting, across the lifespan, in a habilitative or rehabilitative context. Mm. And I just loved that, like that ability to, my grandfather had a phrase that he liked to say that of like repotting yourself, like Mm. every 10 years of the idea of like not inventing, Mm -hmm. but repotting your own interests just to like avoid stagnation. And I definitely, that was sort of a value of my family. And so that certainly has Mm. influenced I loved the idea of the field of speech pathology being something that I could certainly do that in. And also I knew that I wanted to eventually become a parent. That was just something that in my own mind was something that I had always wanted. And it seemed to be a something, a field that would potentially be conducive to being able to like work part-time or what have you. So very helpful. I love the repotting too, actually, because it it means bringing with you the roots the foundation of what you've yeah. built so that you can exactly. grow and nurture a new sort of seedling or a new sapling from it, or which is really, really clever, actually. Very cool. Because you're not just leaving everything behind. You're taking the best bits of you and you have a strong foundation. The reason why I asked you about how you got into it is I love that you have then taken this into your own business and created a whole learning education system, best-selling books, certification. What in your mind took you to make that leap? Because it's not for everybody. As you said, you could be in private practice and hospitals, service provider. And I just love how you've taken it and gone, no, no, this needs to be much bigger than me. And there's a lot more ways that I can create an impact and have this ripple out. So what was the leap that you had to make personally? Because even a certification process for me, it's something I've thought about in the past, but it is a bit daunting. It's like, oh, how do you go down that path and begin it and um, all the stuff that comes with it. But what made you leap into, well, hang on a minute. I know some of it came out of the move to London and the workshops, Mm -hmm. but when did you make that thing of, hang on a minute, I want to create an education business around this and disrupt this industry. Yeah. I mean, definitely it came out of my own personal needs and desires and my own experience as a parent. And what was interesting too, for me was that I was living in London and my friends were from all over the world. We were new parents 
from everywhere. I had friends from Australia, from Italy, from Singapore, from Malaysia. I mean, literally everywhere. (laughs) I think for so many of us, what there is out there is so prescriptive. It's either do it this way. This is the way. This is a parenting philosophy. This is the way you you need, right? You are a attachment parent. You are a blankety blank parent. You are this or that, right? Early parenthood is so divisive when it comes to those kinds of things as well, as far as like how we choose to feed our babies and how we choose to put our babies to sleep and all of those things that I just, I was really searching for a space that was not about doing it in a specific way, but instead a much more inclusive space that was all about like sharing in these diverse experiences that we were all having that regardless of where you come from, what language or languages you speak, what socioeconomic background under which you fall, your own cultural linguistic background, all of those things, every single parent just wants to be doing the quote unquote right thing for their child and enough for their child. We all just want to be raising a fantastic human being that has the best start in life. That's something that every single parent wants. Yeah. <laughs> and the fact is, is that we can all do that. And it does. And we're told by the baby industry. We're told as, you know, from a therapist and educator standpoint, like so much of my work was very much like so much of it is the red tape and what you can't do. And knowing that like so many kids actually also fall through the cracks who don't quite qualify for services or Mm -hmm. also just the fact that like, like I said, like there are specific parenting philosophies, right? You could be a Montessori mom or a rye parent or a blah, blah, blah. And like not to knock on those things, they're all wonderful. And I think a lot of them also came out of like wanting to provide a new way for families to think about what parenting can be. But really it comes down to just having information Like we all just need access to very basic information about like what we can do for our kids, what we can do using the five minutes you have between like the time you get home from work or school or whatever, that you have to like start preparing food for the table or whatever. Like, what can I do with that time that will make a difference? What can I do and be, and who can I be for my child that I don't have to think about like expending any additional time and energy, right? That's just using the materials we have and the time and energy I'm already there laying down on the floor with my child, right? Like, and that's it. That is it. That is all it takes. And you already have everything you need. And so now I've really gotten off topic. Okay. So what it was, was like this desire to I could tell that what this was, was resonating with so many people from so many places and from very different backgrounds. And I very intentionally could see that like, not only was it resonating, but I wanted to build that out. Mm -hmm. And so that was why I actually took it online. When we left London, we actually moved to Berlin for a year. And that was when I started my podcast and started experimenting with like form. And could I build an audience that was bigger than just where I was? Because this Mm. clearly this information was resonating. And people kept telling me, like, I wish I had access to this. I wish you were doing this. I would, you know, whatever. Like I had friends in lots of different places. So I started the Learn With Less podcast. That was back in February of 2016. And then 
over time, just sort of built, built it out, right. Built the brand built, you know, a social media presence and built the books, which the books are really very much the basis for what we were doing in our classes and what I was still doing in our classes. And I, I actually started leading those classes online in 2017. So I was very much prepared for the pandemic mm. amazingly. And That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And then honestly, it was once I had published the second book that I sort of looked around and was like, oh, I built the foundation. And I don't think I had even been able to say out loud outside of my own brain, but I suddenly was like, I actually can see the pathway to how much bigger this could be and how much more impactful and that exponential impact of what this could be. Because I am not the quote unquote right person for everyone, right? But this information, this curriculum, like this way of teaching certainly can be heard by anyone and be led by the right person in every community anywhere, really. Um, I love that. It's that big part of thinking beyond yourself and knowing that this thing is bigger than you and that if you really want to have this mission to grow it, it needs to expand. It's like releasing your baby into adulthood almost so that it can (laughs) spawn even more new ones, which is a big, big leap to take, but I love that. I love that you and, really and shared that evolution. Part. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. really awesome to hear that part of how it wasn't just, this is what I had planned from the get go, but it was like the books yeah. and then people probably asking you for how can we do this? And then you're like, Oh, yep. And the social and just all those requests that I'm sure you got that finally moved you to go, mm-hmm. all right, we're doing this. Yeah. Which is super, super cool. And from a disrupting this industry, the baby industry, do you have metrics and targets and things like that? Or is it more a a feeling that you're like, yeah, we're making a difference. This is starting to get through. The information is starting to dissipate to the communities and people that need it. Yeah. I mean, inside my licensing program, we do collect a lot of evaluative data and all of the licensees are like, they add to a, like a pre-class survey and a post-class survey. And we use that information obviously to like improve on the program and to help them market their own programs and to continue to market the brand. Every time I like watch a certification demo that one of my licensees leads and get to watch them like leading this amazing class. And I'm like on the verge of tears every single time because it's so special to see like this thing that I created out in the world and see all of these parents that I've never met. I've never engaged with. They're not in my community, and I don't have any relationship with them, but they're having these aha moments and they're saying these incredible things. And I can see also the look on the facilitators base that I've trained. And it's just incredible, both that social impact as well as the reflexive and human impact on all of us. It's been beautiful. (laughs) I'm so thrilled to hear that and that you have such a passion behind it because as we were talking about before I hit record, you know, I'm such a strong advocate for having a very clear why, why you do what you do and a mission for what you want to do. And that doesn't come overnight, but I can see how yours is built up over time and has come from a really personal place and now is much bigger than you and for all the parents out there and for the education they deserve. So I love that because I'm sure that is one of the biggest motivating forces for you to get out of bed every single day and keep doing the work even yeah. when it, it is hard or you get setbacks. 
I'd love to transition into and sort of finish up with, because for all the parents out there, including me, depending on when this comes out, I might already be one. Yeah. And I'll be like, um, hey, Ella, can you help? It's <laughs> just, I really loved your point here around how do we feel confident doing enough and doing it right when it comes to early parenthood and for those listening who are entrepreneurs, entrepreneurship, because I know they're completely different things, but when you're trying to live in both worlds, <laughs> I personally yeah. am really, really curious about how it's going to play out for me. So any tips around just knowing you're doing it right and what is even right, I guess, right. um, which you've already alluded to somewhat, but do you want to expand yeah. on that? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, first of all, quote unquote, right is there are always quotation marks around it because it's different for everybody. There mm-hmm. is no right. There is no wrong, right? The values in my own business are playfulness, education, simplicity, inclusivity, and community. And those are the values that I use to guide all of the decisions that I make as a business owner. And when I stay true to those values, I know that I'm quote unquote doing enough and doing the right thing because I have already defined those things as what is right for me Mm. and what is right for my business. Now, as far as what I like to help parents see is that really it comes down to like, you can support communication development, cognitive development, motor and sensory development, social emotional development, basically using these four pillars of what I call the, like they're the four pillars of learn with less. So in each of our classes, we cover these four things. Everything is around some developmental concept and then we play with those things. So the first one is play, right? And really what that looks like in terms of parenting a tiny human And also being in charge of a business as well is like open-ended play, right? And not like that sense that there's no specific end goal. It's just exploring, experimenting, using various environments or contexts, being flexible and accepting, and really just ensuring safety with a variety of materials. And again, like when I'm saying that out loud, I've never actually quite like thought of it as both that is the definition of how I define it for parents and also as a business owner. Like, mm-hmm. absolutely, those things all apply to entrepreneurship as well. The second pillar really is all about talk, right? So, discussion and observation, using repetition with our children, and then also changing up the pattern, right? So, you're never stagnant. Obviously, communicating for a variety of purposes and using a lot of different means and modes, right? And like wondering aloud and imitating your child imitating other people and just modeling what you want to see. And again, like everything that I've just said can certainly be applied to both parenthood and entrepreneurship. The third one depends on your style for sure. But I think as far as parents and caregivers are definitely, this is like the one I get most pushback on, but I want to help people see that sing does not necessarily mean like you have to be singing every day and you must be musical with your child. Like, no, this is about like adding a silly element or adding joy into routines and distracting or engaging with music, whether that's music that you're playing to like help you focus or just lighten the mood or actually music that like you're singing or chanting or making rhythms. And then of course, rhythms are everywhere. Like you don't need a beautiful wooden organically stained drum like they're wonderful they make beautiful music but so do laundry baskets good to know (laughs) so do empty cardboard boxes 
And then again, just like making music and making rhythm and making things with what you already have. And then finally, the pillar of move or movement and just that movement is learning and is life and considering different planes, whether that's like forward or backward or side to side or up and down or diagonal. And then just like exploration can't be contained. There's a wonderful physical therapist, Wendy McKenna, who owns a business called Move, Play, Grow, who says our homes are just giant containers. So like get outside, go Mm -hmm. outside, go play, go explore, get some fresh air. And my favorite thing to do. That's how we move forward in life, whether Mm -hmm. it's a tiny human or a business owner. And like, that's it. So that's what I start with for sure. And that's what I always go back to as far as like, what could we add more of? Which of Mm. these four pillars can we just add more of into this moment, right? Whether we're like changing a dirty diaper or sitting and just trying to get through the next 20 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I'm super excited to go and pick up your book, especially understanding your baby. I think it'd be great for me and potentially even going down this path because it's the topic of interest with my partner and our friends here, we kind of live in community, which is really beautiful with our neighbors. And we're even considering a community kind of school idea. And we were trying to think about all of our different skills and knowledge and what we could bring to it and how we could make, not to create a whole new system, but how we could create a really amazing learning environment for all of us and our kids. So that excites me to come across your framework and what you've been teaching and just being really open to it. So I thank you for that. Where is the best place for people to find out more about you? And thank you for coming on the show. Absolutely. Yeah. You can find everything at learnwithless.com. I do have a free infant and toddler development blueprint that you can find at learnwithless.com slash blueprint. It does take you through just like all of the, what are those sort of main areas of infant and toddler development? What does that look like? And then what are those four pillars that we were just talking about? And awesome. Um, Going to get that too. That. <laughs> I love it when something's so relevant to you, you know, like yeah. I found this has been such a new learning area for me because obviously until you become a parent, you don't really learn what well, you did, but I hadn't had a need to learn this. And now right. I just feel like it's a whole new world and I'm just on the precipice of starting to understand it. So I'm excited. I will be grabbing that resource. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to the club. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a beautiful discussion. I was super excited just to hear about your pathway into it and the business and how you're growing it. And especially, as I said, I'm just really keen to find more advocates who are disrupting the norm and challenging us to think outside of the box, the play box, the uh, container and go with passion. And especially in such a fascinating area right where we're all were little humans at one point and now we're all adults and just looking at how we can consistently improve on that and make it a better world for everybody so thank you so much for being a guest thank you for having me so I really hope that you enjoyed my healthy discussion with Ayala depending on when this podcast is going out in this lovely outro that I'm recording I will either still be a pregnant mama, or I will be right in the heart of mamahood taking on everything that I am learning with her awesome blueprint. So just once again, you can go to learnwithless.com forward slash blueprint. And also please do follow Ayelet on at learnwithless on Instagram. In fact, tag both of us. So at learnwithless and at Natalie Sisson, if you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot of it, take a screenshot of you listening to it. Just, yeah, it's always really lovely to hear from my listeners as to what's resonating with you. 
and what topics you like and also which guests are really hitting home for you in terms of what you learn. Thank you so much for listening in to the Untapped podcast. If you would love to spend one minute rating and reviewing it, I would so love for you to do that. Apple iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening in, if you've got your app open and you can rate and review, please do. It would mean the world to me and the little human that I'm growing would also be very thrilled. Can I start using him as like an effective tool for marketing? I don't know. But both of us would be really privileged if you were able to share just why you love this podcast. And thank you to all of you who have been. It is amazing. I'll be sharing more of those and reading them out here because they always make my day. Until the next episode, please keep tapping into your potential and figuring out how to get paid to be your beautiful self. 